All right, I want to welcome all of our campuses to the sixth week of our series entitled Above the Noise. Come on, can we just welcome all those that are joining us? So excited to have you guys. We are in a series, by the way, I'll be finishing it up next week. Uh, and then I will start a new series, and I'm very excited about that. But I'll be talking about spiritual momentum uh, next week. How do you maintain spiritual momentum? We've come through a great series on hearing the voice of God. I also want to say to all those of you that have tasted and seen that small groups are good, uh, continue with your small group. Just because this series is finishing doesn't mean your small group has to finish. There's a close to 11,000 people in small groups at all of our campuses. Man, we want you to stay connected uh, in your group. We've talked about how to hear God, the five different ways the Bible talks about hearing God. Week one, we've talked about the primary way that we can hear God every day, every day. We can hear the voice of God as we uncover God's voice off the pages of this book. God's word is eternal. Heaven and earth, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So as we're getting into the word of God and we're hearing God, and I ended that week talking about we need a daily reading plan and a daily hearing plan. And then I talked about another way that we can hear from God is that is through the inner witness and the voice of the Holy Spirit. That when you get born again, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live in your heart. And it's the Holy Spirit when you say, man, let's just pray about that. Let's see what God wants us to do. And so you'll pray and then you sense, you sense a green light. Well, that's the Holy Spirit saying, go for it. Or a red light, don't do it. Or a yellow light, proceed with caution. It's the Holy Spirit. So we can hear from God. God has given us his word, but he's also giving us his spirit. The Holy Spirit of God. Then the third way we talked about how God speaks, and that is through godly counsel. I trust that every single one of you uh, either heard that message or were here, or you got it online and downloaded it, because I talked about this. Is there anybody close enough to you that can speak into your life what I call outside insight? In other words, is there a Jethro, like Moses had a Jethro, somebody that could speak into his life? Is there anybody that you trust that is close enough to you that can speak into your life. See, here's the thing. Everybody's getting counsel, and most people are just counseling themselves. The question is, are we connected to other godly people? Last week, I talked about something. Uh, again, it's not something I talk about all the time, uh, but it's in the Bible, and it is one of the ways. Jesus, again, in the scriptures, it's so powerful that we, we, we see in the Old and New Testament, but Peter stands up at the day of Pentecost, he says, in the last days, my spirit, Jesus, the, the spirit of Jesus Christ, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, we are living in that season right now, that dispensation where the Bible says the spirit of God will be poured out. And one of the ways that God will speak to us is through dreams and visions. Now, Again, I gave you some guidelines and some parameters. I don't believe that every dream we have is from God. I don't believe every vision we have from God is from God. But I do believe there are times when God is really wanting to get our attention, like we see in the scripture, when Solomon had a dream and Joseph had a dream and, 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 and the men and women, Joseph, again, had a dream and Joseph in the Old and New Testament, we see the different men and women having visions hearing God sing a picture, an internal picture of a preferable future. 
God will speak through dreams and visions. Today, I wanna talk to you about how God speaks through circumstances. Pastor, how do I know? I got all these circumstances in my life. How do I know if it's not the devil or just something I created or if it's God? I'm confused because I've got circumstances in my life, but I I just, I I grapple with this reality. I don't know if it's God. I don't know if it's the devil. I don't know if I should rebuke it. I don't know if I should receive it. How do I discern the circumstances that are in my life? Speaking of circumstances, I heard a story about a guy, and uh, his name's Tom, and Tom had been to He'd been to work late three weeks in a row. Matter of fact, his boss was waiting for him this time. He's like, Tom, he walked in, he goes, Tom, what are you doing, man? Three weeks in a row, you're late. He says, no, 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 time out, I got, please, listen to me. So he goes, what is your excuse this time, Tom? He goes, let me just tell you what happened. He goes, I woke up and I was gonna go, I I was gonna run, I was gonna gonna run to the subway, but my wife insisted that that she wanted to take me to her, but, and she she took five minutes, five minutes to, to, to get dressed. And, and, then, and then we got in her car, and then she brought me to the subway, and then I got in the subway, and I got off the subway, and, and then I was going, and the drawbridge was up. I was going to have to cross, so I just swam this little river, and you know that little river. The drawbridge was up, so that kind of, and, and then it was right by the airport, and I was able to catch a helicopter. And the helicopter landed on Radio Music Hall right there. In New York. And, so, and, and then some employees saw it, got me down. I was so wet. I was so tired. They actually carried me on my back here. And here I am. I'm so sorry I'm late. The boss goes, I don't believe it. You're lying. I don't believe one word. Listen, are you kidding me? And he goes, what are you, I'm telling you the truth. And he goes, first of all, n- no woman can get ready in five minutes. <clears throat> now, my wife gave me permission. I just want to let you know that. I ran that by, I ran that by my, my wife. You know, it's interesting when you think about the circumstances in our lives. The question is, do we create the circumstances? Do, 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 do we create this? Or did God bring the circumstance into my life? Or is this a demonic circumstance? We, we've got to understand that there, there is a difference, I think, back in my life. I think through my life, all the different times when I've been buffeted by circumstances, and it's the wisdom that we need, the discernment. Did we create a circumstance like Tom did? Is God brought a circumstance in our life to protect us and keep us from ourselves? Or is this circumstance in my life demonic that I need to resist in Jesus' name? Now, one last time, I wanna bring up something I think is so important about circumstances and how God speaks to us and how God leads to us. I want you to bring up, if you would, yeah, again, the Bible says, the Bible says that we have a spirit, our heart. The analogous terms in scripture, spirit and heart are analogous in scripture. So prior to being a Christian, your spirit or your heart, the Bible says that we are dead in our trespasses and sin. Okay, so this part of our life is not awakened to God. But when we become a believer in Jesus, the Bible says the Holy Spirit, our bodies become the temple. Well, where does the Holy Spirit live and dwell? The Holy Spirit lives and dwells in the hearts and in the spirit of redeemed men and women of God. All right, so when you get born again, your spirit comes alive. All right, so we, that's the deepest part of who we are. But we also have a soul. Well, what is our soul? Our mind, what we think. Our emotions, what we feel. Our will, what we decide. But, but we also live in a body. We, we have an earth suit. 
right? So we've got this earth suit, and how does the earth suit connect? Well, it connects with our environment. It tabulates information through our five senses, what we see, what we smell, what we hear, what we taste, what we touch. So there's an interfacing between our body and our soul. Let me give you an example. So you see something, it reminds you of something, you feel that memory based upon what you're now seeing, and you make decisions accordingly. The problem is, is that as men and women of God, we are not to be led by what we see. We're not to be led by what we feel. We're not to be led by, 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 by what we taste, smell, or no, no, no. So there's this interfacing on a, so, so you hear something, right? It then reminds you of something. So, oh my gosh, I heard about uncle. What about uncle? Man, I'm telling you, well, I know he passed away and he was at this age and I'm at this age and I, 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 I feel, so I hear from everybody that all the men in the family die at this age. And so it reminds me of the uncle. I feel fear and now I'm gonna make this decision. Wait, time out, time out. We are not led by our feelings. We're led by the spirit of God. We make decisions not based upon our environment, but we make decisions based upon what God says. This is so important that you get this because circumstance, what does the word circumstance mean? It's from the Latin word. It's two words. It's circum and stance. Circum means around. It means to go around. Stance means to stand. So it's the things that you face around your life. That is a circumstance, right? That, that's, it's the events that stand around. And they speak to you, by the way. Circumstances, they have, it has a, they have a voice. And the problem is, is that if we don't understand, if we're listening to our circumstances, it can undermine our faith in Christ. It can undermine, watch this, it can undermine our navigation of hearing God's voice, the signals that we're getting from heaven, how God is directing us. Paul said it this way. He said in 2 Corinthians, for we walk, we live, we walk by what? Say it, faith, not by what? Not by our five senses. Just because you see something just because you hear something, just because you taste something, just because you touch something, right? Just because, we don't live by what we see. If we live by what we see, guess what? Then it would undermine our faith in Christ because our faith in Christ, we're trusting in a God, right? We don't see it in the natural, but we know Christ and we sense the Holy Spirit and we trust in what Jesus has done for us on the cross. So I don't live by what I see. If we live by what we see, we're gonna always be, watch us, we're always gonna be overwhelmed by our circumstances. So how does it work? Well, we're walking through life and we've got things. I'm not denying circumstances. I'm denying the right for those things to dictate our future and to direct us well, there are times, there are times where God will allow, and I'm gonna give you the discernment, the wisdom that I think from scripture on that. But, so many times we, our, our first response is, any circumstance that comes to us, well, you know, it's just, you know, God must be speaking to me. Is he really? Maybe, maybe not. Romans chapter eight, verse 14, well, how am I led, pastor? Well, for as many as are led by the what? Sayeth the spirit of God. Not by the circumstances in your life, well, you know, I filled out my college application at this place and I got rejected, so it must not be God. Hang on, time out. Maybe you ought to fill it out twice. If God spoke to you, are y'all with me? How many times we back up and recoil based upon a circumstance and not based upon what the Spirit of God is telling us? 
for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons and the daughters of God. We need to be led by God's voice. Before I was saved, I was told, listen, before you're saved, you are totally body impulse controlled and soulish controlled by what you think, by what you feel. I mean, the whole world is manipulated by their feelings, but we shouldn't be manipulated by our feelings. God's given his feelings as a gift to enjoy, but listen, feelings are good indicators, but they shouldn't be dictators. They shouldn't dictate our life. They shouldn't dictate the decision-making process on our below. No, no. The fact is those that are, that, that are led by the Spirit. So we are being guided by the Word of God, faith in God's Word. We are being guided by the Holy Spirit of God. All right. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to give you guys four things, four things to properly understand life circumstances. Remember what I'm defining here. I'm defining the three different categories of circumstance. Number one, how do I know if it's a demonic thing in my life to resist me? How do I know if it's a circumstance that I may have created? Or how do I know if it may be a circumstance that God has brought into my life to protect me from myself and to position me for the future to help people? All right? Let me give you four key principles. Here we go. Number one, we never make decisions based solely on our circumstances and opportunities. We never make decisions based solely on our circumstances or opportunities. As we walk through life, there's a number of doors of opportunity that'll open and sometimes slam shut. The fact is, just because something is an open door doesn't mean that it's God, and just because it's an open door doesn't mean that it's not God. Most, let me say this, I'll say this respectfully, a lot of Christians are led by what I call the open door, closed door theology syndrome. The fact is, is, well, it must have been God. How do I know? Because it was an open door. Just because it's open, should you walk through it? Or it's a closed door. must not be God. Time out. Time out. Maybe you're supposed to kick open the door. Are you with me? Matter of fact, Paul the Apostle. Let me give you the, the difference. Paul the Apostle said time and time again, I wanted to come to you, but Satan hindered me. That's, that's not God closing the door. That's the enemy. Paul had to push through that. But there's other times, Acts 16, I read it to you a couple weeks ago, I wanted to come once and again to Bithynia, Bithynia, but I didn't, for the Spirit forbade me to come. So how do I know the difference in your life? You're making decisions with your family, you're making decisions in your business, you're making decisions about your future, and, you, and you've got these circumstances in your life. And oftentimes we make decisions based upon, well, it's, it, it must be God, or it can't be God. Well, you know, there's a protagonist and there's an antagonist entering into the drama. Pro means for, God's for you, but there's also an antagonist who comes to resist you. Paul said it this way in Romans chapter one. He says, now I don't want you to be unaware, brethren. I often plan to come to you, but was hindered until now that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the Gentiles. In other words, Paul faced opposition. If that opposition was God, then why did he tell the church to pray to remove the opposition? There are things in our life that are just demonic. There's oppositions in our life that we've got to push through it. Listen, just because it's a closed door doesn't mean God says no. And just because it's an open door doesn't mean that God says yes. It could be the enemy. Let me give you an example. I'll never forget when I was uh, 29, 29, about a year before the uh, Church of the King, I was preaching in a city, it wasn't Baton Rouge, but it was another city in Louisiana, and I was a youth evangelist, that's what I was. And so I was preaching, and I preached, and the church had an interim pastor at the time. And I remember going out afterwards with the, with the board, with the whole board of the church. 
And I remember them, them looking across uh, the table. Now the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. God was speaking about different things that he wanted, that I was to walk into. And, and, and so listen to what he said. Listen to what this guy said. So this guy says to me, he says, um, <clears throat> we believe it's God for you to be the pastor of this church. I thought, wow, that's like heavy. You know, you're 29 years old. You're like, man, this is, you know, it's a big church. You know, I thought, whoa, man, you step right into this thing. You know, like, Carl, whoa, this is, it's a lot. And this is a spiritual person and this is God. Oh, man. And I said, well, um, <laughs> all due respect, sir, I, I mean, I'll pray about it, but I don't, I don't believe this is, this is the Lord. I don't believe this is God. I said, but I don't want to be disrespectful to you. And I thought to myself, now in the natural, I thought, big church, opportunity, 29, whoa. Problem was, is it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a God deal. Just because something's open doesn't mean it's God. Just because there's a door closed doesn't mean that's God. We're not led by our circumstances. Are you with me? We're led by the Spirit of God. We're led by the voice of God. We're, we're led by what God says. We're led by, shortly thereafter, the opportunity that God, a God opportunity that my pastor talked to me about coming here to, to Mandeville. The, for, the, the point is, is this, is that, is that we've got to discern that circumstance. Sometimes, I'm not saying that man was inspired by the enemy, but I will say this, I think it was to get me off track. Do you have discernment in your heart? Is there wisdom? Do we pray about things? Do we pray about decisions? Let's talk about Baton Rouge for a moment. That fit Concurrently, uh, congruently with what God was already speaking to our heart. That, they didn't call us one day about Baton Rouge and say, listen, we got a church. And we're like, we never thought about that. We were always praying. We were praying for years. When the right opportunity that we believe is from God shows up, then we're gonna pray and we'll see if we take advantage of it. That, that, we didn't create a vision to fulfill an opportunity. It was the other way around. That's important. So number one, we never make a decision solely based upon our circumstances. Let me give you the second thing here. The second thing is this. God can use now, watch this. I'm talking about how to discern the difference. This is so important. If it's the enemy opposing us, if we create it, like Tom being like, or if it's God allowed. Number two, God can use circumstances to get our attention and redirect us. I wrote this down. God can use circumstances, but note, it's not his number one means of communicating with us. It's like when you tell your child, I have four children. Listen, don't touch the stove, it's hot. Don't, don't, don't touch the stove, it's hot. You know, of course, you tell, you know, ah, you know. Okay, now what was my will? My will was for them to hear my what? Say it, my word, not for them to touch the stove. Now they touch the stove, and I'm sure that they've learned that the stove is hot and they won't do that again. But my goal was not for them to have a burnt hand. My goal was them for them to hear my what? Say it, my word. In the same way as with God. God's speaking to us. He's speaking through his word. He's speaking through his spirit. Let me give you one of the greatest examples in all the Bible in the book of Jonah. I taught about it this summer. I taught the book of Jonah to you guys. You can go online and download it. One of the classic examples of how God uses Watch this, our poor choices and allows a circumstance to get our attention. But it wasn't God's will initially. I don't believe, watch this, Jonah chapter one. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. So God's speaking to Jonah. Don't touch the stove. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. So God speaks, go to Nineveh. That's God's word. All right? But 
Jonah, thinking he's smarter than God, like we all think at times, right? We get messes. But Jonah arose and flee not to Nineveh, but he went to where? Say it, Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord. So in other words, God said, go this way. Jonah ran this, that way. And he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Look at the next verse. But the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and there was a mighty tempest of the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. Again, the story goes is that the people realized that this storm was because of Jonah's disobedience and they all got together and threw him over the board. And of course, he swallowed by the fish. Here's the point. He repents ultimately in the fish and is spit out and ultimately fulfills the will of God. Was it God's will for him to go through this? I think it was God's will for him to hear the word, go to Nineveh. But God allowed that circumstance to get his attention. Sometimes we create our own circumstances because of our poor choices. Now, I want everybody to hear me, every one of our campuses, I wanna go on record. I am not saying that anything negative in our life is something that we created based upon a poor choice. No, I, because we still live in a fallen world. Is everybody with me? We still live in a fallen world and stuff just happens. However, there are times in our lives that just like Tom being late, something that we've done that we may have created. So pastor, what do you do? We've gotta address this. Number one, on the first thing, if it's demonic, we resist it. Number two, if it's a circumstance that we've created and God is trying to get our attention, then we need to repent for it. Let me give you an example. 2010, you guys know the story. I went through a real burnout in my life. Emotionally just burned out, physically burned out. Well, when you begin to evaluate and unpack it, why did Pastor Steve go through that? I tell you why I went through that. I wasn't taking care of my physical body. I wasn't taking care of my emotional life. And I wasn't listening to my pastor who kept saying, you better take off, you better take off. But no, I'm gonna make sure to teach all the one, I'm gonna do everything, and I'm gonna teach five services, I don't care. And so I'm gonna press past human limitations because I'm gonna prove, well, there was something deeper going on in with me. It was something of a self-worth thing that was going on. So here's the point. My pastor was telling me, Steve, you better tell me. No, I'm not gonna. So God was speaking third way, godly counsel. Are y'all with me? But I was transgressing that, so I end up burned out and broken down. Was that God's will? Did God do that to me? The answer is what? No, but God allowed it to get my attention, but I needed to repent, get back on track, and taking care of my soul, my mind, and my body. Are you with me? So there's times, there's times where the enemy's hindering us. We've got to resist it. There's times where we've created a circumstance based upon our disobedience. There's times, and we need to repent for it. But then there's another time. There's another time in our lives when a circumstance happens where God is trying to protect us and save us from ourselves and position us to help a whole bunch of people. Stay with me. The Bible says, this is so important. I wrote this down. Number three, God can use circumstances to save us from future destruction. All right? I wrote this down. With Jonah, it was his disobedience that created the difficult circumstance. But God can also allow and even send circumstances completely outside of our control to accomplish his plan that we just don't yet see in fullness. We've got to discern the difference. Let me give you an example. Joseph, Old Testament Joseph. There's a New Testament primary figure, stepfather of Jesus, Old Testament Joseph. Please stay with me. i got five minutes. This is so important. What happened with Joseph was 
is that he's thrown by his brothers into a pit and he's sold to slavery into slavery with the Midianite slave traders. Now watch this. Do you think for a moment, do you think for, and by the way, it was a dream that God gave Joseph and Joseph shared it, whether he should or whether he shouldn't, is in, it's inconsequential at this point. The fact is, God in his sovereignty and his plan, listen, he created this whole thing because God wanted to position Joseph for the future to be the deliverer for the children of Israel. Now listen to me, this is important. There are times in our lives when we don't understand it, we've got to discern. Is this demonic? I resist it. Is this my own foolishness? I repent for it. Or is this a God thing? I receive it. Genesis chapter 50, watch what the Bible says. But as for you, you meant evil against me. He's telling his brothers. He's now the second in command of all of Egypt. This is years, 20 years after when they sold him into slavery. There's a famine in Israel and they come down to Egypt and they're standing in line in this long line. You've heard me preach this thing so many times, but it's appropriate right here to, to illustrate. He comes up and his brother sees him and he, they're crying, he's crying and he recognizes them and they don't recognize him. And, and at the end, they're like, oh man, we shouldn't have done that. We're so upset, we shouldn't have done that. And he says, but as for you, you meant evil against me. Sometimes the very words, sometimes the very decisions that people have made against you that you think has put you in a disadvantaged position. I'm wondering, I'm wondering, I'm wondering and praying about did God allow that to protect you about something in the future? You meant evil against me, but God. Everybody say God. I love those things in the Bible, but gods. Don't you like the but gods? How many you know nobody has a last word on your life but God? All right, but God. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about this day. So in other words, what are you saying, Pastor? Perhaps it's out of God's mercy that you experienced that canceled wedding. Perhaps it was out of God's mercy when you were passed over in that, that, that prom promotion. Perhaps it was God's mercy that did that because he didn't want you positioned towards those people because it would have brought you down the wrong path, perhaps. Perhaps that thing not working out the way you thought, you, 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 you thought it was so negative, but perhaps God was in it to protect you and not just to protect you. What I find is when God protects you, he's also positioning you. Protection is positioning. It's a repositioning. Joseph never knew when his brothers, when he was saying, get me out of here, get me out of here. When he was looking up, Joseph never knew that 20 years later, he was going to be looking down in a position to be able to help them. Who knows what God is up to? We don't know, but we've got to discern the difference. Let me give you this last thing and I'll close. Number four, here it is. I'm landing this plane. Who really believes that? No, I got to because there's another service. All right, here we go. Learn, so here it is. I'm, I'm, I'm capping this thing up. Next week, I'm gonna talk about maintaining spiritual momentum. You don't want to miss it. Learn when to speak to your circumstances and when to allow your circumstances to speak to you. There's a difference. Learn when, you, so, so you gotta know the difference. Is this the enemy? Is this my own creation? Or is this God? Whoa. Did God do this? Do I not understand the bigger plan here? I've gotta discern as sons and daughters of the Most High, we've gotta discern that, 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 that what is happening here. If it's, okay, so if it's the enemy, Mark 11, chapter 23. If it's the enemy, I know it's demonic. 
I know that this thing is not of God. Some of you guys have heard the story. I'm a Christian. One year, I've got a spirit of fear. This is not a psychological aberration in my mind based upon something that happened to me when I was five. I've got a demon spirit tormenting me. I've got to sleep with the lights on for a whole year after being a Christian. It's fear. It's a spirit of fear. If you don't believe it, it's all in the Bible. Paul talks about Ephesians chapter six. Talks about spiritual warfare and demonic spirits and there's angelic spirit and angels and there's demons that'll lie to you and try to, watch this, watch it. I knew it in my room. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. The Holy Spirit lives in my heart. I'm telling you, I couldn't, for, for about nine months, I was struggling so much at nighttime. There was this eerie sense of fear that would come in. And so, so, so that wasn't God bringing this into my life to teach me something that I don't see a bigger picture. This wasn't something that I did. And so this is now the consequence. This is demonic. You resist. Everybody say resist. Say repent. Say receive. So I'm resisting. Mark 11. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, it's this mountain of fear. It's an opposition. It's not from God. I didn't create this. It's demonic. Paul said, Satan hindered me. If Satan tried to hinder the apostle Paul, how many know he'll try to hinder us? For surely I say to you, whoever says, so I've got to speak, so my mouth is involved. Whoever says this, sometimes we're praying about things we should be speaking about, and sometimes we're speaking when we should be praying. This is the time when you speak. You pray to get wisdom, then you speak. Whoever says to this mouth, be removed. Spirit of fear, take your hands off my mind. You remember I wrote down the scriptures? I had scriptures. I wrote down hundreds of scriptures. God has not given me a spirit of fear. Two o'clock in the morning, I roll out of the bed. I had to walk the floor back and forth. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love. What am I doing? I'm saying to this mountain of fear, be removed and be cast into the sea. And it's not doubt in his heart. By the way, sometimes you're trying to think something away. And, and I'm telling you, you speak it. How did Jesus defeat the enemy in the wilderness? He spoke, it is written. It is written. By the way, salvation is located in two places, in your heart and in your mouth. Whoever believes and speaks, just when you get saved, is not the only time you do the interfacing of your mouth and heart. It's throughout your Christian walk. There's, a, there's an interface between what you believe and what comes out of your mouth. You confess Christ as your Savior in the same way you confess the Word of God over negative circumstances that the enemy's brought. I'm really fired up if you can't tell today. I hope this is helping everybody a little bit. Because I know this will help you. I'm telling you, it helps me. Be removed, Cass says. He does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things, he says, it will be done. It will be done. Be gone, fear. Take your hands off my mind. Take your hands off my family. Take your hands off my future. Take your hands off. So I'm speaking the word of God against, bucket one, the opposition of the enemy. Matter of fact, I'm gonna ask everybody to stand. We need God's wisdom. We need God's wisdom. We need God's wisdom. Holy Spirit, speak to us. The circumstances, the things that stand against us. Here it is, don't miss this. Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. Should I resist it? Because it's demonic. Speak to it. Take your hands off in Jesus' name. Should I repent of it because I created it like Tom? Or should I receive it because in God's sovereignty, he's brought something into my life to protect me presently, to position me in the future, to help a whole bunch of people. We gotta know the difference. 
We, gotta, we need wisdom from God. I'm gonna ask everybody to bow their heads right now. I've got one minute left. If you're in this place today at all of our campuses and you do not know Christ, you're not sure about your relationship with Jesus, you're not sure if you die today that you're ready to stand before God, I wanna pray for you. Say, Pastor, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I've been at church, I've come, but I don't know that I know that I know. The Bible talks about whoever believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth, Jesus is Lord, shall be saved. I can't save you. Church of the King can't save you. Your uncle being a deacon in a church, that doesn't save you. It's nice, but it doesn't save you. Who saves you is Jesus. But you lift your voice, say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me, I repent of my sin. I trust you as my savior. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today that you're ready to stand before God? You do not have to leave any of our campuses today with any lack of assurance in your heart. Pastor, pray for me, I need Christ. I wanna surrender my heart to Christ. I need the blood of Christ to wash, to cleanse me, to forgive me. I wanna be at peace with God. If that's you, with everybody's heads bowed, I'm gonna take literally 30 seconds. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand up. I say, Pastor, pray for me, I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. If that's you, one, two, three, quickly hold your hand up high so I can see. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, buddy, right there. God bless you, ma'am, as well. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you guys up top. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you as well up top, sir. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you that you are the one that draws us to Jesus. Let's pray together, church. Let's pray with those that are trusting Christ. Come on, let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. I want you to say this. Say, Jesus, I take my life. I put it in your hands. From this day forward, I belong to you. Let me just pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. I want everybody to look at me. Everybody just take literally 15 seconds. If you prayed and trusted Christ, all of you, all right, that have trusted Jesus, I'm gonna ask you to simply fill out a card and check what God did in your heart down here. Listen, one of two things. By the way, our prayer team's coming up right now. You can give it to one of them or right on the way out to Guest Center. We got some pastors. Let me just say this. Every service, we have a prayer team. You don't ever have to leave here without getting prayer for any needs that you may have. Father, bless your people. I thank you for the grace of God upon their lives. You're teaching us to discern the voice of Almighty God. I pray a blessing of your people. May the favor of God be upon them in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, we give the Lord a hand clap. Come on, can we bless him? God bless you guys.